Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome into another episode of Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer. Frank R. Curry. And wow. That was a game. For the first... Frank, did you know that it's been 10 years since they were shut out? I didn't know that. For as bad as this team has been for most of 10 years, and for an entire playoff drought of 17, it's been 10 years since they've been shut out. In between shutouts. December 23rd, 2008. Patriots. End of the season. 2008. Yeah. That was the year that they started 4-0 under Trenton, then he got the quarterback knocked out of him. That's right. So the quarterbacks between then and now have all managed to at least get three points of some sort, or the defense scored, uh, in some sort of fashion. Until... Yesterday. And that was rough. I mean, hey, the defense played well. You give up 22 to the pack, that's usually a winnable game. Yeah. Usually. Mm-hmm. If your offense is made up of NFL players. There's only two players on this offense in two years that are going to be here. Deion Dawkins and Josh Allen. Everyone else is gone from this offense. The only other one you can make a case for is Zay Jones, if he were to develop properly. But the man disappears in games so often that I forget that he's there. I go, oh yeah, there's Zay Jones. Where and, you been all game? And Shady's getting up there in age. Shady's up there in at age. Some and his point contract is out. In yeah, two years. and at some point they're gonna have to. They're gonna draft another guy. This year is such a bizarre year for McCoy, nonetheless. Yeah. Because the Bills are often so far behind right away that they don't get him the ball. Frank, he has 21 touches all year. Yeah. That's a game's worth. The one time the when the Bills win a game and they're ahead and they're just running out the clock, he's not there. He's not playing. He's dealing with an injury. Yeah. Because your offense... And it really, I think to me... The run game goes back to one thing and one thing only for me. The offensive line. They've done so much better in pass blocking recently. They really have. But they can't get a push to save their lives as a collective. They can't do it. They're not good enough to. They've done The funny thing is they've done better in pass blocking and they still surrendered another 6 sacks yesterday. Or was it 7? I don't remember. I very, 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 very stupidly picked them to go 9-7. and seven. You did. And it turns out the Minnesota game, of all the games, is the anomaly. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought that, right? Mm-hmm. But now you have Tennessee, now you have Houston, now you have Indy. 
Those should be, at the very least, games that we don't see a freaking blowout. Because none of those teams are great. They're all kind of just bad. Tennessee is the worst 3-1 team I've ever seen. And that includes Miami. And yet, you got the Titans sitting at 3-1. Go to hell. Just go to hell. <laughs> My biggest concern, though, with this Bills season is going to be what I've had a problem with with last year, the Sabres. Are they watchable? Yeah, I'm... It's, it's, it's looking that way. It's looking that way where it's going to bore people out of their minds Yeah, and disenfranchise people from the team because of how boring they are. Mm-hmm. It's not even about the win-loss record at that point. It's just, can I watch you? Can you at least make it fun? And in four games, we have not had a game within 20 points. That's the, that's the simple facts of it. There has not been a 20-point game yet. The closest we got was the Bills blowing out the Vikings by 21. (laughs) The defense looks like they're back, though. It really does. I have to say that first. Mm -hmm. They did a a solid job against the run game. They did a solid job against Aaron Rodgers. They constantly were on the field. Three turnovers against them. I mean, three turnovers and they couldn't do anything. You know, the offense couldn't do anything when the Bills got a pick of Aaron Rodgers. They picked Aaron Rodgers. The best scoring chance that this team had yesterday, Ryan Lewis dropped it. Yeah. He's going to wake up in a cold sweat over the next couple days. That man could have been able to say for his career, he could have told his grandkids and have the backup for it. I picked off Aaron Rodgers and took it to the house. Aaron Rodgers was not good that game, and he even said so after. Yeah, well, he wasn't. I mean, and that is a testament to how the Bills' defense actually played. The numbers are. St- if you look at the obviously, yards, it didn't help to obviously it didn't help Rodgers too that he's basically on one leg. He is on one leg, but, but the Bills did a good job. Even still, the Bills did a good. Yeah, they did a good job against him. It's just the other way around. That this went offense horrible. Is just such in need of a crutch this year that it's, again, I don't know how much of it is actually going to be watchable. It's not. When the offense is on the field, you might as well just do something else for, like, two minutes, and then they'll be off the field because that's essentially what's happening. Yeah. When the defense is on the field, watch it because defense is not bad. And it's going to be more than half the game. Yeah. That you're going to see them. Yeah. I'm fairly impressed, though, with how they did on the whole. I really... But even the attitude of some of the defenders. Um, Shaq Lawson made a nice play behind the line of scrimmage, but they were still down, like 16-0, and he's just got this iron steel-like mentality, like, I'm not celebrating this. We're losing. You know, like, he looks like he's just trying to, like he's a man on a mission with these sorts of things. You get a fumble recovery from Kyle Williams. You get Mm -hmm. an interception from Jordan Poyer. And yet you still lose the turnover battle for one thing. And you get zero points out of it. Because both of those drives started in Green Bay territory. That is how embarrassing the offense was. And how embarrassing the offense is. Josh Allen did not look good. State it. It's a fact. 
If someone wants to get mad about it, too bad. I get that there are people that are trying to drive, drive the narrative on Allen and everything like that. But this is a game where facts are facts. He was not good. He wasn't good, and... He was forced. We're gonna passes. have more. We're gonna have those games. It's this offense is terrible. The offensive line is hot garbage. What's it? What can Allen do? The wide receivers are worse somehow. Yeah. Somehow the offensive line is not the worst unit. Allen's for the Allen's rookie year is Wyoming. Basically Wyoming. He's yeah. Going to Wyoming for his it's senior he, year. Yeah. He's. You know the habits that made up that made people scared of him. He has to use them, and I don't. I mean, and if I'm Allen, you're just. I'm looking at it just like, what am I supposed to do? I'm gonna do whatever I can. I'm gonna do what my coaches tell me, but it's not gonna be enough. There's no. I don't have any help. Yeah, there is my no best help. help. My best offensive player is Lashawn McCoy, and we're barely using him. They're barely they they can't use him because they can't use him exactly. They can't use him. Yeah, because they're already behind. I and don't. Yes, I would imagine like putting him in slot receiver position would be a novel idea. Honestly, I he also might like be to your see best that. receiver. I'd like to see that honestly. Or just, how, <laughs> but, but I mean like that's how embarrassing this roster is. It, it is bottom of the barrel in several positions. Around this league. Yeah. But I would say most certainly the wide receivers are one of them. Yeah. And the only solace you can take from this, from what the season's going to be, is what they can do in the next offseason. Yes. But that's all you have to look forward to with the Bills. The only position group I can't put any blame on right now is the running backs. Yeah. Because they can't do anything. They got nothing. They've got nothing to do with. You got a group. You got three. We got one elite running back. And you got two guys who are who are solid, and yet I like I like Ivory as a second as that power guy. Mur- and Murphy brings a lot of misdirection. Yes, and the thing is, is, the line doesn't get a push. Yep. And then by the second quarter, they're playing catch up already. Yeah. So it really, I think there has to be a conversation to be had now, Frank. What do we do with Lashawn McCoy? His contract expires after next year. After next year. You could probably get something for the guy, especially people in the market for Le'Veon Bell. Who hasn't signed anything. You know you've got a player in a contract for another year in McCoy. Yeah, he's older, but you know you're getting him for more than one season or Mm -hmm. half a season. Whereas with Bell, you have no idea. We'll talk about that later. (laughs) But I don't know. You have to at least have the conversation of, can they trade to Sean McCoy, and do they? The answer, well, to answer your first question, yeah, they can trade LeSean McCoy. I guess I should say should Anyone they? can get it. Yeah, it's, the answer is should they do it. That's the right question to ask. Yeah. Should they do it? And I think the answer might be yes. And here's why. You can get a solid running back in a draft. Yeah, you in can. In mid-rounds. I think... My question would be, when do you do it? Because they think... they can and they probably should. Oh, blue screen of death. Blue screen of death. I'm... Blue screen of death. I don't know what happened. Frank has lost his internet privileges. 
Mm. That's called you have to go all you have to you have to get up. Yep. Go across the room, figure out which you know one's the right computer, and then I turn it off. Oh, it already just shut off on you. Did it? Yep. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to soft reset it real quick. No, it already just reset. Well, I'm resetting the whole thing. <laughs> I'm watching this in real time, and it's actually it's more amusing than the you Bills' offense. I what up? I believe the website, Spot Track. That was on that website. I was looking up LaShawn McCoy's contract. But again, so what'd you, so what'd you see? We're getting rid of this. Well, I made a joke. I know you did. About it being more entertaining than Frank with the offense. Ha. And the Bills' offense, and this being more entertaining than that. I don't know. I I, I don't know if they should trade LaShawn McCoy because... Because you're drafting receivers and offensive linemen with all of your picks? Pretty much. I hope. Plus... I don't know. I I do think they're gonna draft a running back to replace to try to replace Lashawn McCoy. I don't know if it's right away. They might do, but they might. I mean, if we're talking like a, a five year plan, they're probably drafting a running back a year or two after they after McCoy's off the team, because something tells me they might give Mer- Marcus Murphy the opportunity. And they might give him the opportunity first. And now here comes the part of the should you trade LaShawn McCoy, the other aspect of it. Do you owe it to the guy? You know McDermott loves him. Yeah. And he'd known him all the way since their time in Philly. Mm-hmm. Do you owe this man a chance to, you know, go after a playoff? race a playoff run he deserves to he deserves to because the man's never sniffed it yeah and he's one of the more dynamic backs that we've seen in a long time yep so i guess that's where you have to stand like if you're brandon bean you know he's not going to be part of your future and you know you could get something for him the man hasn't been shy of doing this it's true so I think it has to be a conversation or at least a thought that has to be kept in everyone's head. They can very well do this. Yeah. They Should can. they? Will they? Are the other questions that we don't know the answer to. They would to. have to feel confident that they can fill the void in a way. For example, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Steelers are asking for a second and a good player. Mm-hmm. You know what you could do with that? Hey, we got Shady. He's locked up for another year. Third rounder? You got him for two years. You know you're getting him. You don't know with Le'Veon Bell. Now, granted, if I'm the Steelers, I'm probably not getting that asking price. It's called swinging for the fences. But at the same time, if you're the Bills, you could try to play a little competitive market. It's interesting. It is interesting, and it's something, like I said, there. the thought has to be there. And guess what you can get with a third or fourth round pick if you got that? Another running back. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty damn easy. Yeah. But you know how this wouldn't be a problem? If New England didn't sign Mike Gillisley away. Oh, wait, that would just be a player rotting on our roster right now. You would. 
let's be real, Gillisley wouldn't be here right now if he was if he never got signed by New England. He'd be somewhere else. Because there's no way there's no way the Bills would have kept him. Well, they were looking at a two year deal for him. It was just that New England signed him to two years That's that right. circumvented the cap and screwed the Bills. And they thought enough about him because they tendered him. Remember that. I'm not I, I shouldn't be talking more about that thought. But running back, if you look at, for example, a player like Gillisley, they got him undrafted, signed off a of free agency. Yeah. It allows you the mobility and the opportunity with running back to get these kinds of players. Marcus Murphy, right off free agency. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that elite running back talent doesn't exist. Look at Todd Gurley. Dude yeah. who's taken with a top 10 pick has justified it every carry he gets. Yeah. But can you at least get me replacement level? Maybe. It just frustrates me knowing what this offense is. It's offensive. How bad it is. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. This offense is so trash that it is offensive to watch. Yep. And should be stated with a not suitable for work because the amount of curse words you're going to say while watching them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. They're bad. And they're wasting and a good defense. Does this sound familiar? Sounds very familiar. Back in 2004, they had one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah. And they wasted it. They did. They had the pieces in place that year, though. Mm-hmm. Yet the offense just didn't step up with, with, the, with the talent that they actually had. They actually had talent on that offense. Yeah. This offense, we can at least see it. Yeah. Everyone sees it coming. You know what? I'll take that we didn't go winless. We guaranteed didn't. Yeah. But this is going to be a rough year. And I'm very happy that the Sabres start in three days. Bills are going to win probably like at least three more games. It is the NFL. Yeah. Things happen. Things do happen. I mean, hey, I the worst part about all of this is they're nowhere even near guaranteed the first overall pick. <laughs> Arizona Bad. is but... And Josh Allen is not the only player getting screwed into a bad situation. Yeah, the other Josh. Josh uh, Rosen is in probably a worse situation. They have an older, elite-level player, Larry Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. Hell, they have David Johnson, and they just don't know what to do with him right now. For some it's reason. Hard, it's hard for – he can't really do much. Yeah. And they're 0-4. Bills have a win at least. Yeah. This is just going to be a rough year for the Bills. Mm -hmm. So, Sabres, you better be ready. You better step it up. You better be entertaining. Because, by God, this city needs it right now. We are relying on the very first 31st place team to cure our woes. (laughs) That's how bad the Bills are. Yeah. But at least the Sabres have made the moves to... At least 
attempt it. Attempt to be more entertaining. All right. Let's do our pickums for the week. Okay. And then we can hit an NHL preview. So let how me, about that? Let me just grab the week five up. I'm also going to write this down, or in this case, type it on my phone. So, I'm on a hot streak. You have won two weeks in a row. Congratulations. Did you win the first two weeks? I did. Okay. We did pretty, regardless of what happens with the Monday Nighter tonight, Casey Denver, we did pretty well this week. Oh, yeah. Really? So far, I mean, I've gotten eight rights. And you you have nine. So I could get If KC wins, you get ten, I get nine. Casey's winning. Oh yeah. Good God. Yeah. They are they, they are a nightmare. They butt. No, they just they're a nightmare to deal with. <laughs> Denver could be good, we don't know. And this is not gonna be a fair evaluation of them. True. Casey is terrifying. When they don't score a touchdown, I'm literally shocked. Yeah. The Kansas City Chiefs of two thousand eighteen. Take the over. That's the slogan for the team. <laughs> Take the over. Take the over. Take I like it. the over. I like it. Okay. Well, at one point, Vegas is going to put an over for them like 84. Well, that'd be the case if they were playing the Bills. Ouch. <laughs> That's just their offense. I'm talking about both teams because defense is not that good. Yeah. It's not. Casey needs to score all those points. <laughs> Good thing they're well equipped. They are. All right. All right, here we go. The Thursday nighter is Indy at New England. Oh no. Yeah. It's a pretty easy one right there. And I want to talk about Frank Reich in a bit. Okay. Yeah, I Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. But poor Frank Reich about to take that L and he's about to get another one. Mhm. Ah, oh, that's rough. All right. Poor Frank Reich. Miami at Cincinnati. Cincy. Yeah. The Bengals are good. They're good. They are actually good. Maybe Miami got exposed, but I'm not overreacting to that. I've just always thought Miami is a fool's gold team. You know this. How many times have I said it on this podcast? I don't think Miami's good. Baltimore at Cleveland. I'm going Browns. I'm debating it. I think they find a way. I think they find a way to hew. Ha. Bad coaches find ways to lose games. Look no true. further than their loss to Oakland. It's true. Yeah. The Ravens kind of looking legit. The AFC North has been spun on its head, don't you think, though? It has. The Steelers are in deep trouble. Yep. Like possibly third in the division. This has the potential to be a really Low-scoring game. Or this will be a, a low-scoring game. You're talking Baltimore-Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. And the Ravens might be able to do some things to frustrate Baker Mayfield in ways that we haven't seen yet. You going Baltimore? Yes. Okay. Next one, Green Bay at Detroit. You don't bet against the bad man. I know. Even if he's on one leg. Not going to make the same mistake twice. That's what I thought. So speaking of uh, Kansas City. Oh, boy. They play Jacksonville. Oh, strength v. strength. Strength v. strength. 
Oh, but I don't think Casey's defense can even contain Blake Bortles. But I'm not picking against them. Not yet. Yeah, they're not amazing. Yet. Not yet. And Jacksonville tends to put up offensive clunkers every now and then. They scored six points against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Who, again, I don't think is that good. Denver at the Jets. Give me Denver. Okay. I really think that Sam Darnold's being overhyped for what he is right now. He's a rookie. And he's looking like it a lot. All right. Next one. Atlanta at Pittsburgh. Falcons. I'm going Steelers. I know we were just talking a little bit about them, how they're going downhill. At least the Falcons have players on defense that are good. Yeah, but most of them are hurt. They still attack McKinley. Yeah. They still have they still have Trufant. Yeah. Vic Beasley, too. And Vic Beasley. Those are three more talented players than anything Pittsburgh boasts on their roster defensively. Who's the best player on Pittsburgh's defense? Bud Dupree? Probably. And then that's it. <laughs> Everyone else is just bad. Okay. Next game. Giants at Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. The Giants are bad. Mm-hmm. They bad. Raiders at Chargers. Chargers. Yep. Even though the Chargers find hilarious ways to lose games, so do the Raiders. The Raiders are a little worse at it. Yes. <laughs> or here's an interesting. Here's an interesting game. Vikings at Eagles. Mm. Vikings offense is. They bounce back in a big way against the. A good defense in the Rams, too. And they're playing another good defense in Philly. And I, this would be Wentz's third game back. I think, though, that Minnesota has what it takes to win this one. Either okay. way, a Super Bowl favorite is going to end up in a bad position. Yep. That would mean what? One of those teams gets the three losses? Yeah. Oh, Vikings 1-2-1, two and one, Phillies 2-2. Two and two. Yeah. So one of those teams could get to three losses on the year already. Yeah. Something none of us would have seen coming. Yep. All right. Don't bet the NFL kids. Cardinals at 49ers. 49ers. Okay. I'm going oh, Cardinals. wait. Yeah. yeah. Hang on. That's not yeah. Garoppolo Niners. This is CJ Beathard Niners. Hmm. But they even kept up with the Chargers. They did. Niners. I'm going Cardinals. I can't take Arizona right now. They're bad. I know they're they bad, but you know more, what? They're somehow more trash than the team that we root for. I think Rosen finds a way. Even with what he has. He better find a way. That's the only way they'll win a damn game. I think he will. I think he will. Because his coaching staff is too dumb to know what David Johnson is. <laughs> All right. This is an easy one. Rams at Seahawks. Rams. Yeah. Oh, We got to talk about Earl Thomas, too. Yeah. Okay. Cowboys at Texans. Battle of Texas. I don't want to ever pick the Cowboys ever. Ever, never, ever, never. So I'm gonna jinx them and pick the Cowboys. I'm going Houston. I'm I'm doing this to jinx them. Okay. To hell with Jerry. They're not good. The Cowboys are not good, but the Texans have found ways to lose so many games. The only reason they won yesterday was because Frank Reich had stones. He had stones. All right, the Monday Nighter. Washington at New Orleans. Saints. Going Saints as well. All right, here we go. 
<laughs> Tennessee, Balt- uh, Buffalo. I almost said Baltimore. <sighs> I'm going t- Titans. I just... I know that I the know Bills are trash. The Bills are and bad. I know that the I know, I know that the Titans are not that good. Tennessee's not that good, but can you trust this team to win anything? <sighs> the answer is no. Not right now. But this is exactly the kind of game that they can win. Yeah. A weak offense we were, coming in. This is not Aaron We were Rodgers just anymore. talking about last week, two weeks ago, Tennessee is bad, like really bad, because but because of their QB situation with Mariota being... Their quarterback has tingling in his fingers right now. Yeah. He shouldn't be playing. And he threw 44 times yesterday and won. He accumulated almost 400 yards of offense by himself and won. Corey Davis had 160 yards receiving. Okay, so they might actually be better than I thought. I mean, again, I can't pick the Bills. If Mariota somehow doesn't play, the Bills have a chance. That's that's the only thing because Blake Blaine Gabbert gonna lead the Titans to a win. Blaine Gabbert's in concussion protocol. Okay, who's gonna lead the Titans to a win then? Austin Davis. Stop! Don't stop me. The Bills are bad. I know. This is exactly the kind of game. This is the exact kind of team that could lose to an Austin freaking Davis. I'm picking the Titans. I'm pissed that I'm picking the Titans, and this offense is pissing me off. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Want to talk about Frank Reich for a little bit? Real quick? Real first, quick. First, I'll go Earl Thomas. Okay. Then we end with Stones. Then we go to Puck. Okay. Okay? I like it. Earl I, Thomas. I feel bad for him. I feel awful for the guy. Yeah. I really think, though, that there's like... It's so weird. Earl Thomas held out because they were trying... like Because they wanted to negotiate a new contract. Yeah. He, he and his camp. The Seahawks wanted nothing to do with it. He said, trade me or pay me. Mm-hmm. You know, fair fair assessment. Fair. Le'Veon Bell is a different situation. Whereas he's holding out because there's really no other option. But the thing is, is that Thomas still wants to keep playing this season. Like, mm-hmm. he wanted to play, you know, be it for this team or another. And the Seahawks almost pulled the trigger on a deal. Had they done that, I think that they would have gotten a deal done, an extension in Dallas, even if he still breaks his leg. Mm-hmm. And Earl Thomas quit his job the way that many people would love to. Flip off your boss. And you know none, none of the players took offense to that. None of them did. No, because they and understand. And this, this is why you could feel bad for Earl Thomas and still hate on Le'Veon Bell. Here's why. Despite the fact that they would both have the same risk, and you know Lev Bell is not coming near that roster anytime soon. Yeah. Especially if they're not making the playoffs. Yeah. Here's why Le'Veon Bell will not be here by week 10. Because of Earl Thomas. But here's why you could feel for Earl Thomas and still hate on Le'Veon Bell. And here's why. He still came and showed up for his team. Mm-hmm. And when he flipped off that sideline, none of those teammates took offense to it. Because he they, wasn't flipping off the, he wasn't flipping off his teammates. He was, he was flipping bosses. off Pete Carroll, and the management. Yeah, he was. And that is why, when you're hearing the Steelers clap back at Le'Veon Bell, you know there's something different. There's something. There's something else in the water there. Yeah. With Earl Thomas, nobody really cared. 
in the Seahawks locker room about Earl Thomas's holdout situation. He held out to the first game of the season. Nobody cared. Nobody blinked in the Seahawks locker room. And the Seahawks have been, let's let's try to find the way to describe this, um, an eccentric group of characters. <laughs> you know, they have personalities on that team. But nobody took offense to Earl Thomas holding out then because that was standard business. Le'Veon Bell, there's something more there because Earl Thomas was at least willing to risk it for this team and he wanted to sign with this team. Team just didn't want to sign anything back at the moment. And that's where it costs Earl Thomas. And that's where you can feel bad for a guy. Mm -hmm. But with Le'Veon Bell, he is holding out and not playing for the sake of not being a stealer anymore. And that is where there's a difference. The Seahawks knew the intent of Earl Thomas. He didn't care where he played. He just wanted to get paid to do it. Yeah. Like Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. He wanted, the man wanted to get paid. He didn't care where he was going to do it. He just wanted to be rewarded and given a contract in good faith. Aaron Donald, same thing. Whereas Bell wouldn't even touch the franchise tag so that they could negotiate a contract. And yes, what has happened with Le'Veon Bell is stupid and all, but that's where I don't feel bad for uh, Le'Veon Bell if you know he doesn't get paid the way he wants to. I feel bad for Earl Thomas because he went back. He showed up. He did his side of it. He came back in good faith. And it was not rewarded to him. And that is where you get to flip off your boss. I guess. Yeah. So I do hope that, you know, Earl Thomas does get, he gets better soon and that uh, the guy can at least get something Close to his worth, because the man is a game-changer in the back of the secondary. He's the last member of the Legion of Boom. He is. And now, the Seahawks have none of them. Yeah. Two years later. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, all three of them were on the same sideline. Hell, last year, all three of them were on the same sideline. They're all gone. And that's wacky to think about. All three of them also with injuries to end their tenures with Seattle. Yeah. Richard Sherman ruptures his Achilles. Yeah. Cam Chancellor has to be forced to retire with a neck. neck injury. And now Earl Thomas breaks his leg in the last game that he ever plays as a Seahawk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The good news for him is that it's a clean break. This is true. This is good news. That is, there's less complications often with that. He's going to be fully healthy by the time he hits free agency. As a matter of fact, there were reports that he could be healthy by uh, Super Bowl time. Granted, Seattle's exactly. not making the Super Bowl. but Grant, Yes, they're not making the playoffs, but... That's a good timetable. Yeah. That's like, it doesn't exactly. linger until next season. Yeah. That is where there is solace to take for a man. I mean, if there's solace for breaking your leg and losing out on potential millions of dollars, I guess that's the solace. Sorry, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. Uh, get well soon, Earl Thomas. Yeah, But this is where I I could still go ahead and have an explanation for why I think Le'Veon Bell is still being a jackass, because I suspect that there's something more there. All right. But, but 
You see, it doesn't take stones to try to hold out. <laughs> good, good segue. I give that like a four out of ten. Yeah, but you know who's got stones? Frank Reich. Frank Reich has Frank stones. Frank Reich. I cannot. We need more coaches like this. Oh my God, we need. Yeah, more we do. This is a man who was not scared. I saw a take that I noticed that uh, it was our buddy Lars who addressed the take. It was from uh, Mike Greenberg, yeah. ESPN. Yeah. And he said something along the lines of, you were willing to lose instead of willing to tie. Your job is to make sure that you don't do that. No, your job is to win. Your job is to win. The take was completely off the rail of what it should be. He's making it sound like your job is to not lose. And that is Sorry, but it that's the and that's that's the perception of the dinosaurs and us whereas the dinosaurs look at a tie as well you didn't lose and we look at it as a tie as well we didn't win. As much as I love Chaos Incarnate and I wanted a third tie in the season in four oh, weeks. God. That would have been six chaos. Six different teams with a one, with a tie with a third little one. Yeah. That would have been hilarious. It would have been hilarious. It would have been, but it would have been so stupid for for Frank the Colts to, punt to not, that. Yeah, how little time they had on the clock. Yeah. And granted, different scenario, but to quote Sean McDermott, I don't regret the decision. Like Frank Reich definitely doesn't regret the decision. He literally he said the he result. literally said he he makes that call ten out of ten times. Ten out of ten times, and I'm here to win. Yeah. And when I heard that, I'm like. Nice. You, you. You. I'm happy that you, you played in Buffalo. You did. I'm you. glad that there's a connection between you and this city right now because you, <laughs> you have cojones you did that need to be you wheeled did. around in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's you true. are Randy Marsh. Congratulations, Frank Reich. <laughs> it didn't. I'm, I'm just upset it didn't pay off for you. Yeah. Because you could, you could say that the play call sh- should have been different. But at the same time, no. you still commend him for going for it. No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't blame him for the play call because he's not James Franklin. <laughs> I don't blame him. As a matter of fact, I got to talk about that in a moment here. I don't blame him for the play call. I don't blame him for the decision. Oh no! And I definitely do not blame him for doubling down on it. Yeah. And saying, "Don't call me out on that. I was trying to win." Yeah. My team loves that we tried to win. That's a coach you get behind. Yeah. Real damn quick. Yeah. Because he believes in you. Mm-hmm. Not only does he believe in the offense Obviously. to get the first down, that's also a belief in, hey, if we don't make this, you got to at least lock them down so that we get the tie. But the Texans do get a quick advancement of yards. It's a chip shot field goal, and the Texans win. But that is a signal of faith and yeah. a strong one. And there is no better feeling you know in this that world you kn- from a professional football player to doing your job in an office of knowing that someone believes in you. It's it it's true. God dang, that is something that you can. That gives you super sorts of adrenaline and good feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes it it makes a workplace better. If if the Colts had more of their weapons. Because they didn't have T.Y. Hilton. If Andrew Luck also, had his arm. Yeah, and I mean, it didn't help, too, that Luck threw the ball 62 times. They really got to stop. They got to, like, do something about this. Yeah. Because he threw, like, 40 times in last week's loss and just... 
But yeah, I don't blame anything about Frank Reich there. If anyone's criticizing him, leave him alone. Go ahead and play football with the double wing option and go away. Mm-hmm. Luck's already thrown the ball 186 times this season. That is not good. I'm. That's almost 50 passes a game. 46 and a half per game. That is way too much. Yeah. Do something. You had Naeem Hines get you a couple touchdowns yesterday. Give your running backs the football, please. Good God. Well, they were also without their two starting tackles. That's true. No Costanzo, no Hag. Hag's on IR. But still, I don't. Yeah, I don't blame Reich as well. I, I love it. I love to call when I was watching. I was watching the game, and I was like, "They're going for it. Nice." Yeah, we were all looking. Love at it. That. We're all looking. I at that. love the call. Yeah, we're all looking at that. Like, this is going to be awesome if they make this. Yeah. And because of what it was less than a minute left, you know, I just like, I punting it would yeah. just been like God. Ugh. Yeah, it would have been. It would have Remember, reminded me of Rex. Yeah, exactly. I was exactly thinking the same thing. So, by the way, everyone's making fun of James Franklin and Penn State for their uh, for their call uh, on fourth down and five that lost them the game against Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I got a hot take for you. I don't blame the play call at all. I thought his own read would be a pretty good play there. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the running back looked like he would have had something if the right guard did something other than turn into a Bills offensive lineman. Ooh. Yeah, okay. Because he was turnstiled. Yeah, the guy was, was turnstiled. Yeah. I'm looking at it like, that was a great play. They had Ohio State. There was just one player in the way of everything going poorly for the Buckeyes. Yeah. And it was the D-tackle because he spun the guard around. Yeah. If that guy decided not to emulate the Bills offensive line, Penn State gets a first down. Mm-hmm. And that game is still going. And they have a chance to win. I like these aggressive calls on fourth down. I mean, granted, running on fourth and five, not the greatest of ideas. Yeah. But a zone read does allow you the chance at multiple options. But even still, like, the because fa- you see but the play, I, like, I like. You see the play set up on this? When I watched it, I thought, wait, what the hell's wrong with this play call? There were three options to this. There was a zone read scheme where the quarterback could hand off or keep it, but it also sets up a bubble screen on the other side of the field. Yeah, uh, I'm I I I'm with you. I'm just saying, like, I love the coaches who make those aggressive calls. I mean, in college, one loss and you're done for the season anyway. I don't care. So I don't care. To, you have it's to another one of those fate things. Like, even if you're up, even if you're down. Even if the game's tied, doesn't matter. I hate coaches who are afraid to lose. So you hate our coach. Let's not get into that. <laughs> I would love a different ideology from him. I will say it. I it's I'll say it. Yeah. The guy does have dinosaur tendencies. Yeah. Okay. Is he we can't get to the job? We can't I don't know. get we can't get too much into it because we gotta do hockey and we're limited on time. All right, all right. Yeah, it's uh, it's almost two. So, and I gotta be dumb. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, we got it carried away there. Yeah, yeah good job. Fo- we got a lot of football talking. Good job. All right, <laughs> all right, Frank. So the Sabers are here. Hockey season is starts here. Thursday before our next pod, and it's a brilliant thing. We talked a lot about the Atlantic Division for the most part with Steve Dangle and 
our last podcast. Yep. Check that out. It, it was, was great. It was a great interview. It was fun. Loved doing it. He's awesome. And now, Frank, you wanted to do something that we didn't even do for the NFL starting the season. Yeah, why didn't we do that? Because we didn't think. Okay. This is true. We don't think. I mean, we're doing weekly pickums for the NFL. We're not going to yeah, do that. Yeah, it's true. Hockey. I mean, we're not going to do that. Now. It's so, true. I mean, the pickums are good enough. Yeah, pickums are good enough. We give it every bit of attention. So why not do something like this? A full. Let's do a season preview for the NHL. Season preview for the NHL. Do you want to basically start with the Atlantic? Like, we'll go base like who based we, on who's winning the divisions. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Why not? We'll start there. Atlantic is pretty damn easy. Um. The order is what's the trickiest. I'm going Lightning, Leafs, Bruins, Wild Card, Panthers. I'm basically doing the same. Um, yeah, no, Leafs second. I, I think Leafs. I think Leafs yep. are second. All right, Metro. Now we have now the rest though. Oh, we're right. Thinking. We're going to just do the rest of the Let's just order. real quick. The rest, though. Buffalo finishes fifth. Yes. I have... Montreal, Detroit, Ottawa. I have Detroit, Montreal, Ottawa. So our only disagreement is where the butt Red Wings and the butt Canadians end up? Yeah. Okay. One has Carey Price. This is true. I know. The other has... Jonathan not even Bernier? <laughs> One has not even Henrik Zetterberg anymore. Yeah. Okay. Metro. Metro. Washington wins the division? Pittsburgh wins the division. You got Pittsburgh. Do you have Washington in second? Yes. I have Pittsburgh in second. I have Philly in third. I have New Jersey. Okay. Corey Schneider being back is going to be helpful. He's not back yet. He'll be back for the season. He will be back. Yes. Taylor Hall is a certified gunner and yes. was the MVP rightfully so last season. Eh, I'll argue it, but go ahead. I would say like I'm not mad that he did. I'm not mad that he won. I don't think he should have won, though. I think Connor McDavid should have won MVP. I mean, player most valuable to the roster. Without Connor McDavid, Connor... are the Oilers still trash? Yes. Without Taylor Hall, are they a playoff team? That is That's where fair. valuable comes in. That's fair. That is why I respect the term valuable. McDavid, but and I would also argue. We'll, we'll talk about we'll, that. We'll, we got plenty of time to talk about. We got plenty of time to talk about. Talk right. about that. So you have New Jersey third. I have New Jersey third. So you have one more wild card team. Who is it? Columbus. Rotten hell, gritty. Okay. No, I take that back. You take it back. I do. Who? What is it? Gritty makes the playoffs. No. The Metro has three teams. I'm slapping it on the Sabers. Oh Jesus! Let's go! Oh God! I'm fan. I'm fanboying. Okay. Let's do this. All right, fine. Go ahead. Let's do this, Leroy. Oh Jenkins. man, yeah, you Leroy Jenkins. That. Yep. All right. I'm gonna. I have Washington one, Pittsburgh two, Philly three. I have New Jersey as the other wild card team, along with Florida. I think Columbus misses the playoffs. I do too. And then the range, and then I my, the bottom three is gonna be. Uh, Carolina Rangers Islanders. I'm gonna say Rangers Carolina Islanders. Okay, I, I have a tough time figuring that Rangers Carolina. But can you? Can anyone read the Hurricanes anymore? I can't get a read on those guys. Even even with trading Jeff Skinner, they their offense is still not bad. It's young, it's good, but their goaltending is always the goaltending's gonna be the problem. problem. And they still got 
They added Dougie Hamilton. They traded Noah Hannafin. Yes. But Dougie Hamilton's a really good defenseman. They still have Justin Falk. It's just, what the they hell? They still have Brett Pesci, Jakob Slavin. Are, that's a very good top four. They're a four. good young group. My thing is, is this, and it's always going to be with this until Carolina it's their improving. Who the it's, hell's starting enough for them right now? Scott Darling? Him or Mrazek right now. Peter Mrazek went there? Yeah, he did. Okay, so they might actually have a step up. I, it's not Cam Ward. It's not Cam. Damn. For Carolina, Not though, their goaltending is pretty much wait until Nadalkovich develops. Cam Just like with Philly, Philly's waiting for Carter Hart to develop. Cam Ward could share a room with Gritty and Hell. Yeah. But with Carolina, you, they got Stolar Stanley Tuivo Teravainen. They have Sebastian Ajo. They, have, they drafted Andrei Shvetnikov. Oh, yeah, Shvetnikov should be there. Yeah. But again, for me, I'm not putting them above the Rangers right now because one of them has Henrik Lundqvist. That steals you games. I don't know. I don't know how far. But I don't know how far you can go at his age. Oh, I know that. That's why they're still only the third worst. That's true. They're the third yeah. from the worst. Okay, but so right now, okay. We only need to talk about non-playoff teams. Yeah. We really shouldn't be. Yeah. Central division. Okay. Winnipeg wins it for oh, the division yeah. for me. Oh my god, they are deadly. It's gonna be very close though. All right, what do you got? Nashville comes in second. Mm-hmm. St. Louis comes in third. Yeah, I would agree with these top three. I think both wild cards come into Central as well. Really? Colorado. Yep. And Chicago. Really? As long as if Crawford is healthy, which he's not, when he when Crawford is back healthy. And he plays like even before he got hurt last season, he plays like the way he did before he got hurt. They can make the playoffs. But what about Chicago's roster is better than last year? Well, you yeah. got another year. You got another year to bring it. Year two of him, or year, I think year two of him. Another year with Nicholas Schmaltz. There. They Chicago has some young players. Adam Boquist looks like he's make, he might be making the roster, at least to start eighth overall pick. But I know my biggest thing though is what on Chicago is better from last year. I don't know. And ultimately, but that's that was where the, I would say that. But that's the thing. Off. But that. But then that. But then that was the, that's always been Chicago's thing though. All right, round up. The they division. didn't. To me, they didn't get worse. I don't think they also got better though. Yeah. All right. But round out. Th- round out the central here. So Colorado one wild card, Chicago the other. So Minnesota's out. Minnesota's out, and so's Dallas. Hmm. All right, I have Winnipeg. I have Nashville. I would have. I have the Blues probably as a wild card. I think Dallas takes the three. I'm surprised you have them at the bottom. Well, I don't know which one would finish last and second last between Minnesota and Dallas. I don't really know. Yeah. My biggest problem with Dallas, it's not their offense. It's, their it's defense. still deadly. It's, it's their, their defense goal- slash. Defense and goaltending. Ben yeah. Bishop getting hurt last year is probably the worst thing that could have happened. Didn't help. It was probably the worst thing that could have happened to them. But even still, but he now was, Kari is he was not there as their backup. Even still, Ben Bishop was okay last year. He wasn't yeah. good. He wasn't that good either, yes. Yeah. But if you have a solid backup support system, you might be better there. And defensively, Miro Heishkinen is going to make the team. That's true. That is where they get better, and that's where I think that Dallas takes that. 
Colorado gets a wild I don't know card. how far rookie Miro Heiskanen will take them, though. He is talented. He's very talented. He Absolutely. Was, he was He's worthy of the third overall yeah. pick. He was the best defenseman. Absolutely. But there's where I see an improvement on the roster instead of anything opposite. So that's where I go with that. Okay. Um, and on paper, they were supposed to be a very strong team last year. Can you deliver on it? Well, now you got Ben and Sagan locked up. Yeah. Let's go. And then that's it. I've got four wild cards. I mean, I got four playoff teams in the Central. I think Chicago could finish last in the division. They they're they're that they, they seem like boomer bust this year. Yeah. They really do. I think I think this year the like last year was a lot of things went wrong for them. Minnesota's like, window has shut. Yeah, it's shut. It's it's done. They're done. They're over with. Yeah. It's it's not gonna happen anymore. So you have one wild card team from the Pacific. Yes. I have three teams. Who's winning the division? Vegas. I have San Jose. Oh, right. Vegas is still a good option, good pick, though. I'm still picking Vegas. They're still a good Vegas pick. They're still Jose a good team. Fight for that all year. Yeah. I have Vegas in second. My third team is LA. Agreed. But Fourth I don't team. have any other team making the playoffs. Fourth team, Anaheim. Okay. I think Anaheim falls out this year. Anaheim's still good enough. They're still there's still like a young talented core and enough veteran presence and solid players, like Ryan Getzlaff, for example. Uh, John Gibson is still a good goaltender in this yes. league. Yes. And will alone help them get there. All four teams from Cal well, all three teams from Cali and Vegas are your playoff teams there. I would have Edmonton behind them because god dang it, poor Connor McDavid's never gonna make the playoffs again because Peter Shirelli's a boob. And then I have Anaheim as fourth too. I just think they just miss out. You just think that Chicago edges them in a playoff yes. spot. Yes. It might be one where Chicago gets ninety six and Anaheim gets ninety five. Do the Coyotes like finish last in the division again? No. Who does? Vancouver. Even even though Elias Pedersen is gonna be playing this year, he's really good. They don't have the, the scenes are gone. Besser their takes one of those roles. Horvat should take one of those roles. You would expect. The thing is, is that their goaltending is not solid enough that they it's can. It's not do good, anything. and their defense is not good as no. well. Quinn Hughes needs to. They need this year to get over with quickly so they can have Quinn Hughes mm-hmm. playing for them. Yeah. Hope for an early exit for there for Michigan. That's what you would hope for Vancouver's sake. Yeah. I All think right. I think Arizona right now they do have Antiranta who is a good goaltender in this league. Yes, and proved it last year. Now another year where you have Clayton Keller, you have Derek Stepan. I'm wondering where what their forward core is going to be because the Clayton Keller is going to be is really good. Mm-hmm. He's really yeah. good. I right now though I think Arizona is still second last for me. Yeah. Edmonton's third last. I think Cal- and Calgary is going to be right behind Anaheim. I think Edmonton, Calgary, Arizona, Vancouver ends up the division. Okay. Uh, yeah, Calgary, Edmonton, Arizona, All right. Vancouver. Awards time, sir. Let's do quick awards. Do we go playoff picks or do we go awards first? Playoffs first. Why don't we do well, it in the real order? Okay, fine. Awards. It's, All the right. award. it's actual awards. All right. That's enough. We'll start with that. Hmm. Vezina, I will go with. I'm going to go with Andre Vesilevsky. That is who else I'm going to go with as well. Fine. Contrarian pick. Marc-Andre Fleury. Fine. (laughs) 
That's I mean, Fleury's a fine pick as well. Yep. Um, Norris. Norris. Give me a second on that. I'm gonna go with. Hmm. Eric Carlson. I feel like it's a cop out pick. Is it really? You go with Carlson. You could go with Brett Burns. You could go with Victor Hedman. You could go with Drew Doughty. Rasmus Doughty. I. <laughs> you could. Hey, if I've got the Sabres making the playoffs, he better be in the. You contention. could go PK Subban. I could go PK. You could go Roman Yossi. I mean, Eric Carlson though with San Jose. Yep. I'm he going could. To, I'm going. Is there a like? I'm going look, same nationality, different conference. You want Hedman? Victor Hedman. Okay. The thing is, look at Carlson. He's on San Jose now. Mm-hmm. Do you think Carlson could be a point-per-game player this year? I don't know. Because there's still only one puck. There is only one puck. And, there, and yes, point-per-gamers have gone up over recent years, but it's still Power not play. easy. Power play. Yeah, but they still have a bunch of weapons. Yeah. It doesn't have to just be goals. I know. Carlson dishes. I know. It's all I it just, takes. I'm just not sure. How's that? Okay. That's fine. You don't have to be sure. Because Brent Burns is going to eat into that ice time, too, as a right-handed yeah. shot. Yeah. So they might use him as a forward more. Mother of God. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, so we got Vesna. We got Norris. Let's go Calder, rookie of the year. Darlene. Darlene. That's. I, I don't know if there's going to be a doubt there. Pedersen. Shvetnikov, middle stat. Darlene. Darlene, okay. Um, Art Ross, who leads the league in points? Probably McDavid again. Can we just pick second? <laughs> who, sure. who wins the Who wins the not Art Ross? Who wins the Bob Ross? <laughs> Can we make that a thing? <laughs> you're just gonna. You're just gonna it's not the Art Ross, but it's the Bob Bob Ross. You get a you get a picture. <laughs> you get a painting. No, you know what you get. You get that Bob Ross Chia pet as yeah. a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> so who's getting the Bob Ross Chia a, pet? Yeah, I'm going with Nathan McKinnon. <laughs> I'm going to go Nikita Kucherov. Okay. All right. All right. Because <laughs> we know McDavid's getting the Art Ross. It's not fun to say it, so, so why not get the who's Bob gonna Ross? Win M- who, so who's going to win the heart? MVP. Huh. Winning the MVP? Who do you got? Because I have got a couple of options based on the teams that have made the playoffs for me. I'm going to go Nikita Kucherov. Okay, so you're strong on Kucherov here. Mm-hmm. He wins a Bob Ross and he wins the heart. <laughs> Bob Ross. I love it. I love it. I love it's it. Fantastic. Yeah. I've got the Sabres making the playoffs. You know that means Jack Eichel stepped up and became a 90-point mm. player. And that. You think he can do it? That is the Taylor Hall argument from last year verbatim ah because if jack eichel steps up and is a 90 point player if he's not on the team are they a playoff team no 
if I've got the Sabres making the playoffs, something has to be not just going right for them, but a massive step up. And that is where I think it goes. Eichel may not lead the I league think in scoring. Eichel, Eichel I may think... not lead the league in scoring. He may not get a Bob Ross. <laughs> but if the Sabres make the playoffs, there has to be a contention for the heart. I think the Sabre. I think Eichel can still be a 90-point player this year, even not winning the MVP. I know, but what I'm saying and, is that the and, argument, his name better be on the table. If the Sabres make the playoffs, it's because it's because Oiko is destroying everybody. That's what I'm saying. If he gets to 90 points and he really starts, he does. Like, I, I mean, 90 points is the I next think, step. What did Taylor Hall do last year? He, I think he was a 90 point player last year, and that's where the argument lies. If 93. Jack, 93. So if Jack Eichel lands in that Taylor Hall range and the Sabres make the playoffs, you better bet the same arguments being made. Eichel had 64 and 67 last season. The next step is here. He was, And at the time when he got hurt, he was on pace to be more than a point-a-game player. If he played the full year, Hell, starting the he season, looked Henry like... Kane were on pace for point-a-games. If, if he would have played the full year and kept that pace, because when he came back, he was not scoring. Because he, I'm saying his, his last winger was dished. Yeah, he had Kane as a point per game or two. When I'm saying is Michael could have. I'm just saying is even with how bad the Sabers were last year, if Michael played the whole year, he could have hit 90. He really could have. He was on pace to be around somewhere between 80 and 90 points. Well, then we yeah, he can him. do it. He can do that. Yeah. They, it, now, now that Jeff Skinner's there. Now you got Ryan Harlock done. Now that Darlene is there. Look at what Skinner has done with him in this short time in the preseason. All the guys that power been play, scoring goals. That power play? Better be better. It's going to be better. Whether it's restore Darlene manning it with the top line. Yeah, he can do it. I don't know if it'd be if it'd be MVP worthy enough. What I'm saying is but the conversation is the same. The conversation, I think the conversation for Taylor, the argument would be, well, Taylor Hall won it last year. And people could ask the same question of, if Jack Eichel, 90-point player here, was not on the Sabres, are they a playoff team? Yeah, okay. And that's where I think it happens. That's an argument. That's a good argument. So I'll go with Jack okay. Eichel. If I'm picking the Sabres to make the playoffs, that means something has gone extremely well. Okay. And I think that is Jack Eichel. So. Also, I don't think I could pick the Sabres to go to playoffs without that happening. This is true. That's very true. Okay. Let's not do – we don't have to do the entire playoffs. Let's do this. What is your Eastern Conference final? Okay, my Eastern Conference final. I'm going to go. I'm going. Uh, I'm probably going to be boring by saying this. Hmm. I'm going Tampa, Washington. I'm going to hate myself for doing this. I'm going Pittsburgh, Toronto. That's interesting. More so that you're picking Pittsburgh. I can see Toronto. Pittsburgh's still. A great team. They're still they're still good. Because I think I, the Penguins will do something that they at the deadline that they need to address. Okay. Their blue line. They're gonna have to. And if they get some if they get a solid piece there and Jack Johnson is just not as terrible as some of their players were on the blue line last year. Well, the tank. They're, they're already a better play, they're already a better team then. Okay. If Latang I mean, if Latang takes less minutes right now, then defensively they're not as huge of a problem. Sure. Okay. So I think the Penguins could do it. Washington who would win? Who would win the terror. series? Pittsburgh. I would. I for me, I'm going to go Tampa. 
They get right. they get a little revenge. So you have Pittsburgh in the Stanley Cup. I have Tampa, which are West Final. West Final, Vegas against Winnipeg, same as last year. I'm going San Jose and Nashville. So you San Jose wins the series. Winnipeg, Pittsburgh final. I like that. Who wins the cup? Winnipeg. So you finally Peg gets revenge for last year. And a, a Canadian team finally wins the cup. A Canadian team finally wins the cup. It's got to happen at some point. The Atlanta Thrashers stench is washed off. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but that team is undeniable. Like Steve Dangle said back on the Friday show, they quote-unquote lost Paul Stastny, but he was a deadline acquisition. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine what they add this year? Yeah, if they can add another center. If they get a piece. Yeah. From, say... I'm wondering... See, for my question with Winnipeg, I wouldn't question that going into the deadline. Who's going to be their third-line center to start the year? Hang on. I just had a really deadly thought in my brain. What's that? Columbus probably isn't signing Bradman for the rest of the year, for long-term, are they? They're not trading him to Winnipeg. Stop. Oh, my God. Stop. Could you imagine Columbus not being in playoff contention and just... Dishing the bread man to Winnipeg? Stop. Dreams. Stop. Don't, don't let your dreams be dreams. Stop. I'm taking the peg. Oh yeah? Well, I'm gonna Wait. take I'm I'm gonna take that one step further. Columbus doesn't Columbus dishes breadman to San Jose. Do they even have the cap space? I at least know the Jets do. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Bookkeepers little... for one, the NHL for another. <laughs> San Jose has two and a half million. They can't afford it. <laughs> but all they would have to do is unload a contract. Like whom? Justin Braun. He has almost four million. They don't even have first round picks anymore to deal away to they have one you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. It's a, I'm just messing around. But I'm be, at least getting realistic here. Okay, fine. Breadman to Vegas. Mother of God. <laughs> God. How about that? If that happens, then we're just all bowing to the greatest expansion team of all time. Yeah. And Seattle will never do as well as their older brother. <laughs> so my my cup final is Tampa-San Jose. And they the Sharks finally get it. Lame. I just want to see where Carlson lift the cup. Shut up. I, mean, I, I want to see Joe Thornton lift the cup. Shut up. I want to see these things too, but this is the Sharks we're talking about for one. And if any team is clearly more potent than Washington at choking, it's San Jose. But what has what and does San Jose is, but what does San Jose have now that they didn't those other times? Perfection, and that's a problem. They have Eric Carlson. They have a perfect roster, Frank. Well, that they means- don't. There's nothing. There's no. There is no such thing no. as a perfect roster. But they have the best one in the league. And how often does the best team win the Stanley Cup? I never said San Jose was the best team. They have the best team, top to bottom on a roster. They have the best team. Their goaltending is at least average, above average. Their forward depth is. You can roll four lines and have scoring on all of them. Their defense is ridiculous. San Jose might be playing with two pucks out there. 
They are top to bottom the most complete roster in the NHL. Including Tampa. What happens to teams that are perfectly assembled, Frank? They lose. That's fair. That's fair. They choke. They hit a hot goaltender. They might not make it out of the damn divisional first round because Jonathan Quick and Marc-Andre Fleury are there. That's fair. San Jose may be the best team, but they also have probably the toughest road. Because I don't think they win the division, which means they get a date with Jonathan Quick and the Kings. Yeah, but the Kings aren't going to score goals as to win. Tampa might get Buffalo or Florida based on my prognostication there. Or New Jersey based on mine. Not a bad draw. Yeah, but they did that last year too, and they choked. They choked against Washington in the conference finals. Yeah. But Who's to is- say that they would do the same thing? Because I think Tampa's more of a complete roster. Just complete in general. San Jose overloaded. Fine, fine. San Jose, please enter the buzzsaw that is Winnipeg. I dare you. (laughs) San Jose may be the most perfect roster that I've seen. But I still think Winnipeg is the most dangerous team, period. Why? Goaltending. Yeah. And that that would be contingent on Hellebuck playing, continuing the way he played last year. And usually those things do happen. A lot of times they do, yeah. The guy Hell, looks like he could, be, he, like doesn't, he could be a Vesna candidate. He, he could be. Hellebuck doesn't even have to be a Vesna candidate for because, Winnipeg to be a because great team. the Jets team. are great too. Yeah. Hellebuck got a 924 save percentage last year. He could have a 917 and be fine. Yeah. But again. You got to think there's going to be some regression. There might be some regression. It's in some places, you know, for a lot of teams. Like... Like I said, Winnipeg. What about Martin Jones? He's done, he's kind of done that because fifteen sixteen was his first year in San Jose, and he went sixty five games, two point two seven goals against, nine eighteen save percentage. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, he had a nine twelve. Last year, he had a nine fifteen. So there was a little bit of regression, but he's starting to even out. That he's he like around he a is. he's around a nine fifteen, probably nine sixteen goalie. And again, like I said, he's above average at minimum. He had a 923 in the playoffs, too, that year. But again, my thing is that I can't count on the Sharks. I can't even count on the Sharks to make it out of their division in the playoffs. It's I kind of take that choke label off of them because they were able to make the finals in 2016. 2017, I mean, you could argue, you could, I mean, they ran into a hot Edmonton team. And then last year they ran into an ex- they ran into the best expansion team ever. That got better. That traded for Max Pacioretty. That signed Paul Stastny. Yeah, they are more dangerous this year than last. I and Mike. And yet why. their defense is not truly elite. It's not. But Mark Andre Fleury is the reason I have San Jose over Vegas. I wonder if there is gonna be enough regression that it might keep them out. It's still good enough to bring put them in the playoffs and win a series. But will it keep them out of the conference finals? Cuz yeah, cuz you could cuz with Vegas they had that huge high last year. 
everything went right for them. Hi, they just were good. They were advanced statistics even started saying they were good. Yeah. How much I wonder if there's gonna be some regression in those stats. Naturally there will be. Naturally there will be and but, but it's but I at, and I'm starting I'm thinking it's probably enough to keep them out of the West Finals, but still keep but still put them in that upper echelon of teams. Well either way, I guess what the Because point they did do really well in the in the offseason in adding Paul Satsi and trading for Max Max Pacioretty. I guess I think in the end of the day though, the way the way that we're arguing these things We're arguing about good teams. Yes. You you can go to the West and look at five teams and go I they want, can make the finals. They can make the finals. Yeah. Yeah. In the East, I don't know if you could do that. The East, you're looking at probably three or four, well, maybe three teams. Because you're betting on Toronto and Boston punching each other enough that they're not going to make it. Yeah. Um, Tampa, Tampa cruises through a wild card and then has to deal Tampa's with Tampa still Tampa. And, and then, has to deal with the bruised and battered Toronto or Boston. Yeah. To which I'm still thinking that Tampa doesn't make it through. But other than that, and then the, and then at, and then it's Pittsburgh, the Washington. Can, yeah, the ones that's can, it. The ones I can bank on right now is Toronto because I've got a bad feeling about this. I mean, Tampa, John Tavares maybe. helps. <laughs> Tampa maybe, and then uh, Pittsburgh, Washington, Pittsburgh whoever, or Washington, whichever. And those two are going to hit each other. Mm-hmm. I can't count on. You're looking else at these. you're looking at four teams where they're going to be beating each other up, and then there's Tampa, and then you're looking at the West, and you can see five. Five teams and think, yeah, they got a legit shot. And L.A. got a true Gunner and Colville Chuck back mm-hmm. here. So L.A. is someone that you can't sleep on. You got to. And you, and San Jose better not sleep on. No. No one's going to sleep on them. So Kings can blow up. That That's the thing about the Kings. They they can legit like just blow up and go on a run. If they add another forward at the deadline, they're going to have to. They're going to have to. They could be truly dangerous. Yeah. Because their defense is and good. I, I'm, I, I don't know. Good. And I don't think you can sleep on St. Louis. No, you can't. You can't. You can't sleep on them. I mean, I don't think Ryan O'Reilly is the reason why. No, but what I do think is they have. But you've got him. Core. But yeah, you've got the talented core. It's there's also a lot also, of youth there everyone too. Everyone had an injury last year in St. Louis. Yeah. All right. All right. We gotta go. We do gotta go. But thank you as always for listening to this super long version of the podcast. Mary Kramer. I'm Frank R. Curry. Thank you as always for listening on WGR550.com. And you know, as they always say, always go for it on fourth down. Big Hohones, Frank Reich. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.